today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about a third wave later on this spring is a little disconcerting, isn't it? But uh, these are the experts, these are the epidemiologists that say that uh, we're not doing everything we should be doing to try to stop the spread of COVID-19, despite what's gone on over the last year. And one of the major factors in this, of course, as we've been talking about in the program, uh, especially for the last couple of weeks, is rapid testing. Uh, You know, we talked with Rocco Rossi from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. We've talked with the medical offices of health from many communities. And uh, still, there are questions about what we're doing or not doing when it comes to rapid testing. Uh, Global's Abigail Beeman uh, wanted to find out why rapid tests are not being widely used as they should be. The rapid antigen tests are not perfect. They're not a replacement for laboratory-based PCR tests. Uh, But they're certainly better than no tests, and they can be used widely in schools, workplaces, and other settings uh, to prevent outbreaks and limit the size of the outbreaks. Dr. Irfan Dalla co-chairs Canada's Testing and Screening Advisory Expert Panel. Its new report calls the deployment of rapid tests a priority. Ottawa has purchased more than 40.5 million tests, but only 15.4 million have arrived so far, with the rest slated to arrive by the end of March. Dallas says no one can really answer why Canada hasn't used more, but he suspects it's due to the traditional tests' higher quality and the current focus on vaccines. Abigail Lehman from uh, Global News. Uh, there is a definitive piece in the, uh, the Toronto Star that explains this whole thing and, and gives us a pretty good idea as to where we are with uh, rapid testing right now. Uh, the article is called uh, Make More Use of COVID-19 Rapid Tests. Uh, J- Justin Trudeau urges provinces. Uh, the author is uh, Kieran Leavitt, who is uh, with the Edmonton Bureau for the Toronto Star. And uh, Kieran joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Kieran, first of all, thanks so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. appreciate it. A fabulous piece today. We've had a number of discussions, as I mentioned in my preamble here, uh, with uh, with business leaders, economists, and other folks, and uh, they're saying that a lot of the governments right across the country just don't seem to get the message. Uh, there seemed to almost be a, a thing against rapid testing in the early stages of of the pandemic, uh, eight, ten months ago. Have, uh, uh, you know, while it's not as effective as, as the other methodologies used for testing, so let's not even go there. Are we over that yet? Do we understand how important this can be? I think that some of the provinces are starting to kind of get there. Um, it's been a slow process, like you mentioned. In the very outset, there were some concerns around the accuracy of these rapid tests. Um, and then more and more started coming in from Ottawa to the provinces. And I think that there's now starting to be some movement. You've seen um, pilot projects being launched in places like British Columbia. Alberta just expanded the use of their rapid tests to the broader long-term care system, whereas before they were only testing symptomatic people during outbreaks, now they're going to start testing people who are asymptomatic. And and that's a big deal because it means that they can screen a large population of people. And the idea is that through this screening process, you get some presumptive positive reactions on these rapid tests. And then you can go and double-check with a lab-based test Um, which can take some time. But at the very least, you know, experts have been talking about how you take these people who test positive on a rapid test and remove them from being around other people, whether that's in the workplace or a long-term care situation, and you, you limit the chance of transmissibility. Which is, that's the end game here, isn't it? Yeah, and I sometimes wonder if the government's kind of lose sight of that. But there's no one-size-fits-all. There's no national policy. Is there different provinces are doing different things in different ways? And and actually, I guess, from your piece here, they're, they're determining who's eligible and who's not. 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's really sort of scattershot at this point, and you're seeing um, a lot of noise coming from the, the private sector about this because they're launching big organized pushes now to get these rapid tests into the hands of employers or in long-term care homes. And they're trying to sort out, how do we use these? What's the best way we can use these? Who do we use them on? And these are all outstanding questions that there aren't clear answers to. Um, and I think that there is some, I'll say, frustration from some in the private sector with the government. And, you know, not, not just Ottawa, but, you know, mostly it's provincial governments for maybe some lack of clarity, lack of direction on how to use these or where to use these. So, yeah, I think you're bang on. And, and therein lies the frustration. I mean, I, I know you included in the piece the, uh, the 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 assertion that the prime minister made it was some months ago now that anybody that wants a test can get a test. That's not the case across the country, is it? Yeah, I think that there are um, there aren't enough tests. Just full stop. Um, what experts say about these things is that they have to be used often on a large amount of people for an effective rapid testing system to really have some some noticeable benefits. Uh, there's a Harvard professor, Michael Mina, uh, who, who's been beating the drum on this for months now. His whole thing is, you know, if we rapidly test large amounts of people, you will be able to screen out most of the infected people and, you know, self-isolate them or, you know, do whatever you need to do. Uh, and it can actually have a huge boost to the economy. You can avoid lockdowns. You can open schools. You know, this is his argument, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, totally. That, that, that's for sure. You need to have a lot of tests. And right now, they've only procured something like $40 million, and they've only sent out about $20 million. Um, and and that's, that's a fraction of the amount that a lot of experts say we need. And, and it's availability. I know that, uh, for instance, I know in Alberta, we've got family out in Alberta, and uh, it, it pretty much is, if you want a test, you can get a test. Uh, and I, one family member that actually came back to Ontario over the Christmas season uh, to visit relatives and said, you know, I've, I'm self-isolating, but I just want to get a test to make sure I don't, in fact, unless you can't have one. And unless you're showing symptoms, you can't have those. So two very different approaches to this in Alberta, which seems much more open-minded about this, and then Ontario. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's availability, I guess, has got to be part of this. But I guess the thing I find frustrating, and you talk about this in the piece today, Kieran, is uh, we all want to stop the spread. And this seems to be the most obvious way. It's, it, and the, the people that are saying, well, we're not really big on this, as you point out, are all saying, well, it's not 100% effective. What is? I mean, but it gives you a pretty good idea what's going on, though, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it, it's been an interesting story to follow along with. I mean, this conversation about the effectiveness of rapid tests has been going on for quite some time. Um, you know, and, and they aren't as, I mean, to be frank, they aren't as accurate as a lab-based test. The lab-based tests are extremely accurate. Um, but the idea is that if you're, if you're testing often enough with rapid tests and you're getting those results in minutes rather than days in, in the case of some of these lab-based tests, you're able to screen people. It's a screening process. So, yeah, you might get some false positive um, or false negative, um, but you're you're screening people out of a population. So if, if you're somebody with, like, a manufacturing business or something, you've got 300 employees coming to work every day, you're, you're an essential business and you're running um, during the pandemic, but you're able to rapidly screen people and test people as they come into work. You can keep people who are potentially infected from spreading the virus inside of your workplace. So a huge push from uh, private companies to get these things into their own hands. And uh, they're having a tough time. It's, 
it's um, it's not easy. I just got a call from somebody yesterday who read my story and was like, hey, can you help me get in touch with somebody at the government? I've been trying to get my hands on these things for months and I can't. And I, you know, I said I couldn't, you know, help them get in touch with the government. But it's it's a problem for sure. I've heard from people that, it, you know, it's an issue. Is it a production problem or supply chain issue? I mean, we have, I don't want to get into the vaccine issue as to why we don't have as much vaccine as we're supposed to have at this stage. Uh, but we saw this with PPE last spring uh, and, and now with these tests, which, as you say, are starting to become uh, more popular, I guess, especially in the private sector. They're saying, how can we get our hands on these? Uh, I, I guess, is it, is it the fact that they're just not producing enough of them or that all of a sudden is it demand has increased significantly? I couldn't really say for sure. I mean, we've been asking these questions for a while now. Um, I do know that they're, uh, Ontario recently purchased 9 million rapid tests from Abbott Canada. Abbott produces a couple of the rapid tests that are out there. And Ontario um, told me that they had gone and actually purchased 9 million themselves. And that's above and beyond what Ottawa has procured for all the provinces. Um, so... I don't know if it if what that means if it if nine million is a low number or if that's a high number in terms of what the companies are able to produce. Um, but to get to one of your earlier points about why these things haven't been spread around as much as people maybe would have thought, um, there definitely has been some hesitancy on behalf of provinces to use them. Um, this has been going on again, like I said, since probably November. I think last November was there was about five million tests in the hands of provinces at that point. Um, and we started asking these questions back then. Well, you know, you got five million of these tests. Why aren't you deploying them to the, you know, really, really crucial hotspots like long-term care homes, essential mm-hmm. service working areas? And there really wasn't a lot of clear answers. British Columbia has long sort of been of the opinion that these tests are not accurate enough to to fully depend on. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, that doesn't really explain the full story not it's it's not the full argument so it, it's still very much an open question it'll be really interesting to see now with justin trudeau having said that you know along with contact tracing and and obviously vaccinations rapid testing is going to be a pillar over the next few months as we vaccinate the population up until september so now it's one of the three-pronged approaches it's rapid testing is a really big thing We'll see what happens. I'll be interested to see if there's, you know, huge uptake from from provinces like Ontario and others as well. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the other way, and, and you talked about that earlier. Uh, I, I guess that's why the Prime Minister mentioned it yesterday during the daily briefing uh, in Ottawa. Uh, he's concerned that as the, the vaccine uh, production starts to increase here and we start getting more vaccines and getting uh, more vaccines into people's arms, that, that people are going to say, ah, we, we don't need the rapid testing. we got the vaccinations now. And uh, uh, his point, which is based on what we've heard from an awful lot of epidemiologists in the last little while, is you've got to have both uh, because, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make you immune to, uh, to COVID if you get the vaccination you still have to do this that's right and they don't know yet um for sure if having the vaccine means that you still can't spread the virus so it's not like it's just going to go away um that's that's for sure and i think uh you know especially as they want to see the economy start to reopen and and some sense of normalcy come back um you're you're absolutely right. Ottawa thinks that rapid testing is going to be a, a pillar in that strategy, along with, obviously, vaccinations. Well, because there's going to be a lot of trepidation. I mean, even when they say, okay, we can start to slowly open up our other things. Uh, Alberta's been a little ahead of others with restaurants and bars and places like that. But uh, 
case of point, I'm a huge football fan. I mean, I'd love to go and watch the Tiger Cats. I've been a season ticket holder. Of course, there was no season. Uh, but what, and I'm, that's why I'm not surprised that industry is involved in this and very interested in the rapid testing, uh, because we've already seen examples of that down in the States. Uh, the, the big golf tournament, the waste management tournament a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in, uh, Nevada. Arizona, I'm sure, uh, they did allow spectators in, but you, all, you had to go through a rapid test. And the bottom line was, you're right, I mean, you don't get everything. It's not 100% effective. But if you test positive, they don't let you in. That's all there is to it. Uh, they did the same thing for the Super Bowl in Tampa this past weekend. And, again, it's not foolproof, but it, it's it's another safety measure, isn't it, that would make people feel a little more comfortable maybe going into a movie theater or, or a stadium or something like that or a concert if there's going to be you know people gathered into one spot like that. Uh, I, I would think at this stage, really, Kira, that rapid testing is going to be a part of our lives for some time to come. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know, right? Um, it'll be interesting to see the innovation on that front as well. We haven't yet in Canada seen an effective at-home rapid test that people can just do themselves. Um, that's another thing that some epidemiologists have been speaking about for quite some time, is trying to boost the innovation of like an at-home test. So before I even leave my house, I just do a dipstick um, put it in a tube, it's got a chemical reagent in there, and it tells me, you know, presumptively positive or, you know, presumptively not positive. And the idea would be, um, you know, you could you could then maybe have an app on your phone and you could log in, I tested positive on my at-home test or whatever, and then you get scheduled for a lab-based test and you confirm it. Uh, and maybe, it, maybe your at-home test isn't accurate, but it's better than, you know, going out and potentially spreading the virus that's that's been the argument from some epidemiologists as well so uh you know long story short it'll be interesting to see if that sort of thing becomes available over the next few months and if it's deployed um but uh, you know we have yet to see that what about production? I mean, you know, there's a big pressure, push now on, on the federal government to get involved in vaccine production. We had that announcement about the, the thing in Montreal, but that's going to happen uh, sometime down the road, of course. Uh, but you know, we did this with PPE. We didn't have enough of that. We were relying on other places, uh, including the American uh, productions at 3M and others, uh, to supply this. We got smarter about that, and we're producing a lot more PPE. Can we get into this industry as well? I mean, is there a, a future to say, uh, let's be innovative and have some made in Canada? Uh, attempts at, uh, at doing something with rapid testing so they are re- more readily available? Sure, I think it's possible. Um, there's a lot of regulatory approvals that have to happen, right? Mm-hmm. When you get into this kind of stuff, um, when you're talking about diagnostic tools and you're talking about um, testing for diseases and, and you get into a whole world with Health Canada where if you're a company and you know, Calgary, Alberta or something, and, and you're thinking, oh, I can produce this test tomorrow and, you know, we'll have 7 million of them ready to go next week. Uh, it's not quite that simple. It is a, it's a, it's a mammoth of a process to get these things approved. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, if the government steps in and, and makes that easier, uh, if, uh, you know, maybe some of that stuff's already in the works, I don't know. I don't have any inside information in terms of, um, if there's any companies who are like on the precipice of being able to do anything like that. Uh, but sure, I think it's, it's surely it's possible. Um, there are people who can produce these tests. Uh, there are testing and diagnostic companies who presumably, um, you know, based on conversations I've had with some uh, virologists and experts, they are able to produce these types of at-home tests or, or even just your basic rapid tests. 
So, um, yeah, it's certainly possible. We'll see if it happens. How are they handling this in Alberta? Because I used to say they're a little ahead of, the, of many other provinces now when it comes to opening up, uh, you know, entertainment facilities, places like that. Are, are these tests mandatory before you can go in, or is it just suggested? Nope. Um, as far as I know now, you know, this is just based on my personal experience um, in Alberta, living in Edmonton. You know, I, I have not been able to get a rapid test here, uh, nor have I tried. There's no rule here um, in terms of when you're talking about restaurants and stuff that have just recently reopened to, I think it's 15% capacity, uh, I believe. Um, there's no there's no rapid test as you walk in the door or, or anything like that. In fact, Alberta um, has only used a, or deployed, I should say, a fraction of their rapid tests. They recently announced some, some measures to grow that number. Um, but in terms of the overall amount of rapid tests that have come in, uh, Alberta has only used a, a small portion of them. Uh, that being said, I mean, they've been very publicly supportive of rapid tests. So it's, it's you know, another one of those cases where there's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers on um, why haven't you been using these tests? Um, it, there, you have a ton of them and, and you've only used a fraction since November and we're well into this thing. So again, it's kind of a question mark there. But yeah, in terms of um, day-to-day life, uh, you can go get a lab-based test. As far as rapid tests go, those are not um, widely available to just the general public. Uh, great article. I, I think it's still on the Star website if people want to have a look at it. And uh, it gives you a pretty good idea as to what's going on uh, and uh, the possibilities for this and the necessity, I guess, for these as well. Uh, pleasure having you on the program today, Kieran. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Take care. Kieran Leavitt, of course, Provincial Affairs Reporter for the Toronto Star, Edmonton Bureau. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.